All right. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon in Texas. Good morning from Oregon. This is Mark Molina, CEO of Molina Leadership and Business Development Solutions. This morning, today, this afternoon in Texas, we are interviewing Velma Rendon. She is the owner of Velma's Investigation Services. And I'm really excited to learn more about what is it exactly that a private investigator does? What's it like to get started in this field of endeavor? Uh, are there any specialty areas of specialty of training or education that you have to have licenses? And what compelled you at this stage of your life to pursue this avenue uh, of professional endeavor? So Velma, for those that will view this, that are, will be watching live right now and those that will watch this later, Give us a brief introduction of, of, of your life and how you came into this uh, professional endeavor of service. Okay, well, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. Um, my name is Velma Rendon. I am from born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Um, I am a, I've been doing this for 29 years now. Um, I am a single mom. Um, so that gives me a lot of time to do what I need to do in this field. Uh, this is a male dominated industry. So I kind of feel like I've got the shoe up on this part of my business. Um, I help people um, get ready for a legal battle. I specialize in like um, child custody and domestic issues, uh, locating lost loved ones, but it's mostly child custody. Um, I been doing this, well, like I said, for 29 years and my licenses. I've only been done doing this for five on my own, but I've been in the industry since 1991. It's a lot of fun. I help people, but in a different way uh, that one would imagine that they needed help in. Um, nobody ever thinks to call a private investigator because they are, you know, they're embarrassed or it's just, they just don't think they need one. And for any legal battle, I always recommend call on a private investigator because we can dig and it's stuff they can dig to it's you know public record but we do this on the daily so we know where to go how to do it speed up we help your their family law attorneys um come prepared to you know to battle their their court case um so it really helps uh, in a lot of ways we do listen to our clients it's a lot of uh listening to their problems and and understanding and helping them and kind of guide them along and what they need to do. Um, so it's really rewarding that way that I still get to help people just in a different capacity, just in a different capacity. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So you've been in this industry for 29 years, five years on your own. That's what you said, correct? Yes. Yes. So basically 24 years working for someone else. Correct. And in that 24 years were, the roles you facilitated or fulfilled in the other employment positions, were they also in the arena of investigating or were they yes. admin only or what was that like? The first 12 years was at uh, USAA, a big insurance company, and I was only in the fraud unit. And I started off as a clerk doing the filing, but, uh, and then there would eventually move up to a secretary and then a technician. And then, you know, doing the, uh, it, it, we did, um, just all kinds of fraudulent cases for insurance. I was in the back, the, behind the scenes, doing, looking for motive, um, just helping the investigators along. And I stayed there for the whole 12, almost 13 years until they relocated and they closed down. And 
I went along to a private agency. So I've always been behind the scenes, doing the research, doing the reports. So I knew this business like the back of my hand. I never wanted to work the, the streets. I, I didn't feel comfortable enough to be in the streets. Um, that's, and, and again, that's why I do child custody and I do domestic issues. So um, as a woman, we kind of have, have um, you know, we have the upper hand on that because we're less, you know, we're not, we're very discreet. So nobody ever suspects a woman. They're not threatened. We're non-threatening. So if we're sitting in a car for an hour or two, we're not going to scare the neighbors because it's, we're not a man and they're just not, you know, they leave us alone and we get what we need. And, you know, it's, it's, a it's, 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 it's like I say, it's a very rewarding job. Uh, it is sad sometimes, but it's good to help. 90% of the time we're helping. I don't have hardly any, um, you know, we don't get caught very often or just that's part of being the woman that we are. We, a lot of communication, which eliminates a lot of, you know, time and money, you know, mm -hmm. the waste of the client's money and our time. So uh, communication is very important. And I feel like as a woman in this industry, we need to listen and communicate well, where a lot of times the men, they don't want to listen to the problems. They just want to go out there and take their photos without knowing you know, a lot of doing a lot of the research, finding out where they work, what do they drive, what's their license plate, gotta have all that. And, you know, that's where I specialize in research. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So is a private investigator required to have any particular licensing or law enforcement training and background? What is that? What's that like? Yes. Um, you don't, you do, well, in my case, I have to, you have to have when, you, when I came in, I was, um, I didn't have any criminal history as far as criminal history, criminal research, criminal justice degrees, where a lot of them come from law enforcement. Um, they, you know, military, you need to have some kind of law enforcement experience, criminal justice. So, and you have to have 18 hours of uh, CE credit for every two years. So I just went into school to take CE credit. I never went intentionally to get a degree. It just turned out like that after I was done. It turned out I had enough hours to for my degree, which I was kind of shocked at because I didn't think I, you know, I wasn't going for that. But it was so interesting. I loved, you know, I took a lot of courses. I still have to take, you know, have a, you know, ethics training, which is ridiculous, but that's what you need. You know, to me, I'm just, it comes natural. Um, but they have, uh, we have to keep up our CE certifications. We are licensed through the state of Texas, through the Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, and we have to, you know, we're insured, I'm insured and bonded. We all have to be in order to work. And um, most of my investigators I get, they are interns. So we, they have to be licensed under a private investigator agency for three years. Then they can go out and have their own agency, which I always encourage. Go do your own business. Find your specialty. Um, I work well with, I mean, I've been in the business for almost 30 years. So I have, I work well with a lot of my other uh, insurance, I mean, investigative agencies. So, and they may specialize in defense which I do some defense. I don't really like it because it does, it's just a lot, you know, it's, it's a lot of, I mean, it, I just don't do defense very well, but I do keep several cases because I am on the list with the Bear County. Um, so I do have some that I do where they need a Hispanic woman to take care of some, you know, in, you know, ch children's rape cases and stuff. They need a woman. So I will do that. Um, 
but everybody's got their own niche insurance. They do insurance workers comp cases. So I take care of the child custody and the, so it's good. I've kind of got my name out. It's been out there for many years. I didn't want to name my business under my name, but people have known me for many years working at other agencies or two other agencies. And, uh, you know, they know that I was the one that, that worked with, I'm the one that worked with the client. So they were familiar with Velma. So I had to kind of keep that name out there, but eh, it is what it is. Yeah. So you, your degree, you found out you had enough hours or that was just enough for an associates or associates. And I can, I can probably get the bachelor's. I just didn't, I just didn't want to do the math and the, you know, the PE, you know, but I still, I mean, that's just, that wasn't a big thing for me. I was never a good student. I was not, I mean, I did go to college right out of high school, but I did it not for the wrong reasons and went and got married early and, you know, was married, married 23 years with three kids and I'm a grandma. So this worked out perfect. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, you mentioned a role that you fulfill for USAA was a technician for the investigators. What, what's that? What do they do? It was, a, it's another, it's a nice word for file clerk. Uh, you know, I was 23 years old. You know, my husband at the time was working there. So it was easier for me. And I had two small babies. So it worked out. We would drive together to work. So I started off in the fraud unit um, doing all their simple, you know, they're running around, they're, they're filing um, moved up to typing reports, doing all their insurance reports, looking for it. it and it got, it, it was very interesting because it was nothing but insurance fraud, mm-hmm. um, investigating that until I got to the point where I would, you know, deal with, um, the law enforcement agencies outside and assigning work out to private investigators. So when I left USA, I already had my foot in with other agencies cause I used to send them work from, you know, agencies all over South Texas, really. So people knew me from USAA. Oh yeah, you gave me a job. You know, we used to, when I needed a case in Laredo done, they, I would follow, follow up. So I kind of had my name out there already as far as the girl from USAA in the fraud unit. So mm-hmm. it worked out well. You know, years ago, I was 18, I think I was working at a company before I joined the army, working for this company and I had an accident on the job and broke my collarbone. And I remember they sent someone from the insurance company to question me and they recorded it. And I didn't really understand what any of that meant or why they came out there. I mean, I didn't have anything to hide. I let him in the house, he told him the story, he recorded it and found that I hadn't done anything wrong. It was just an accident. And so I'm actually remembering that right now as you're talking, that guy was probably an investigator Yes, that's what they did. <laughs> that was through, and they still do that. We still follow people around. Well, I don't like do. I don't do workers' comp cases, but um, you know there are people that that's what they specialize in. Mm-hmm. People slip in Walmart, and they're claiming they can't work or whatever. So we have to literally follow them around. But you know you can't just follow them one time because they may have a good day. Their medications kicked in, so we have to. It's a it's a a process, and we have to follow. It's like a pattern of habit we got to catch, mm-hmm. at least a week's worth. So, you know, it's it's. Uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about what you do. I'm looking at your sign behind you, so it's generating some questions for me. You know, you know. Divorce, more than 50% of marriages are ending in divorce these days. It's just, it's just what's happening. That's not an indictment against anyone. Yeah. 
I would like to ask you a question regarding that. If you had, say, a thousand people in a room right now, and they reflected couples that had children that were that are that are going that are have initiated down the divorce process. What counsel would you give them to do to be wise, to be smart? Because you know, divorces they're they're hard, they're emotional, they're draining. Some people go out to hurt the other one, some people can do it amicably. What would you say just out of now that with what you've seen, with what you've the patterns that you've seen, the the pain that you've seen in people, what would you say to this thousand people? sitting in this room about to go down that road of divorce, what was what would you say to them about the things not to do? Oh, not to do? As a private, you're a private investigator. So you, <laughs> Don't go tell them, you go and tell them that they hired a private eye. Well, yeah, what I mean is, you know, if you could help somebody, you know, be smart. If you could help somebody save a lot of, the ones they love from a lot of pain what would you say to them with what you know to be true from the cases that you've done? Well, um, shoot, that's, there's a lot, but like the, I'll give you an example of one I'm doing right now, um, is to, to leave it in our hands. Yes. Hire us. If you need us, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. They may be wrong because usually when they come, they've got a gut instinct. It's always that gut instinct that brings them to us. And that gut instinct, you know, I, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. It's talking to them some because 90% of the time, those, that gut instinct is correct. And I rely on their gut instincts. You know, give me, give me some, you know, what is, what do you think? What's going on? I mean, they're going to the gym every day. They're doing this, but um, it's leave it in our hands. Um, if you have, do not talk to them about it at all. Leave it alone. Leave life as, as best you can. Uh, and it's always concern for the kids. The children are the ones, the main reason we do this is because we want to, you know, it, it does turn very nasty, but we need to make sure and get the facts. This is what we saw. We can't give our opinion, but once we see something, we're like, you know what? You do need an attorney. You need an attorney. Let's take them what we have and um, talk to them. A lot of times they'll get what we, you know, we're not supposed to give them everything we have or tell them where they're at because they'll blow our case. And we, we investigate like we're going to court all the time. So we don't want to tell them something and then it's blown. We can't use it in court now. And a lot of times it's just for peace of mind. They just need to know and doesn't mean, and they're not going to get a divorce. They just need to, need to know so they can fix it. They want to fix it. And, and what they do is they're really making things um, really bad because the other spouse is going to look at it. Well, you didn't trust me. It's a trust issue. Because once you come to PI, and once we do have to put a GPS tracker on that car, the trust is gone. And, it, and I tell them it's, it's now we're just preparing for court. And usually when they do come to us, they already know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just the icing on the cake. It's what they're going to use in court. They've gotten phone calls from the other person. They've got, you know, they've seen for themselves. They, it's uh, when they get to this end, it's because the attorney might have said, "Go to the PI, tell them I need a photo," because they're going to use that. It, and it's only a negotiation tool because in Texas, adultery is not against the law. So it's fifty-fifty, no matter what, whether you were cheating or not. But with a photo of another spouse, that turns into a great negotiation tool. 
where I got this and I got a whole lot more. So you're going to give me this much. I'm going to get the kids. And it's just, it's just how they negotiate. It's with what we get because um, there are still some states that I do work for that you can, uh, it is against the law for adultery. Um, luckily, San Antonio is a big military town. So a lot of these, their wives are still out in the other states and they can file. It's, it's a crazy business, but you know, it's one that is needed for leeway. You know, it's just like the balls in your court. What do you want to do? You've got, you can keep the house, you can keep your retirement. You know, it's, it's just negotiation is all it is. And they're like, we're busted. So we're going to court. We're taking this, this one little picture. And there was a whole lot more where this came from, which maybe we only followed him for one week or two days. And who knows? They don't know how long we were there. So mm -hmm. it's just one of these gotcha things. And you want to take you, let's, let's see how far we want to go with this. And, and sometimes it's nothing. And sometimes it's just, you know, the gaslighting, the people, the, the, they're just telling them you're crazy. Cause sometimes they are, they, they, they um they've been cheated on before by this person and they can't uh, get over the fact that it's going to happen again and they just can't you know they're never going to let it go and I'm, I, they need me to bring them peace of mind because otherwise you know they're going to medicate themselves to death you know it's just it's it gets them sick so we help them that way and bring it's we're just another set of eyes to get out there and um bring them some peace of mind how do you manage personally as a, how do you manage as a professional on a personal level, the things you have to hear and see and take oh, photos of and put in reports? I mean, there's gotta be some secondhand trauma. Yeah, it was for a while because I carried my heart on my sleeve with all of my clients. And that was the hard part from separating. So I did have to, you know, I did have to hire a business coach like a year and a half ago and um he's very spiritual he's really you know brought he he, he a lot of prayer and he's really helped me as far as um coaching me and and getting my you know separating things and my business is just really everything it's everything is just falling into place now i've learned how to separate it because i mean i do have my grand my father i take care of i take care of an 82 year old man and i have my three my grandkids and I've got a boyfriend that I've had for 10 years I don't know how he hangs around still but you know everybody and with my schedule I'm I, sometimes I have to leave at one or two in the morning now it's got to the point where I've got private investigators to do that for me and because I had a trust issue I didn't trust investigators to um, do the work that I did because I felt you know nobody can do what I do but it, it with a business coach it really helped me um, trust people because uh, when I was married, not that my husband ever, he was great. We were married 23 years, never cheated, never. But we had a business also, and that went, it didn't do real well because of taxes. So I was always afraid someone's going to come and take away. We couldn't trust because of, of trust. We had some problems with employers, so I, employees. So I never wanted an employee. I wanted to do everything myself. So that really helped as far as getting an accountant, getting private investigators, getting people to help me and, and just to trust people. And um, business is doing really well, but I, I always give, you know, all the glory to God, of course, because of my, uh, I, he's helped me, you know, just leave it to, leave it to God. Cause I was like that at the pandemic. I was like, Oh my God, my business. No, no, no I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, my, I'm not going to worry about the economy, the recession. I'm just, 
you know, God decides what I'm, how much I'm going to make, what's going to go on. And, um, you know, I've had some, I had foot surgery in December and I, I had to learn, that's where I had to learn to trust a lot of my investigators and they did great with it's the business ran perfectly. You know, I still made my quota for the year. Mm -hmm. It was great. So it was a lot of trust, but I, I think it took a business coach to help me in my head. You know, and he's, I guess he's like my counselor. I've never had a counselor. I didn't think I needed a business coach. I read his book actually. And that's how I said, you know what I do? I need to reach out to him and he's local and it worked out real good. So shout out to my business coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It'd be together. That's that that that's good to hear. I think we all need coaches, mentors. Uh, continue that course of personal and professional development, because that's a big key to life. Mm -hmm. Now behind you, I see Skip Trace locate. What is that? That's uh, finding people when you got a like. I get a lot of calls from um, moms and dads who haven't collected child support in years. They don't know where they're, you know, people are high and they don't want to pay child support. They're going to, you know, go wherever they need to. But um, I can find just about anybody in the country. It's a nationwide database. I've got some of the best databases um, that there are. Uh, we can find, we can just find anybody. Skip traces, people that need to be served. I can find them. Um, we, we got a new, a new, uh, uh, database it's uh, for fighting vehicles if i can't find a person they'll go live with their girlfriend i find out what they drive type in that license plate and all these little cameras you see around the country the google cars they're picking that up and it all goes in a database and i can lock into that and it'll tell me well last week this vehicle it well the last seven you know seven times in the last 30 days it's at this residence or it's at it's at the mall or it was here it'll tell me where it's at or the toll boots we don't have toll in san antonio but it'll tell me how many times it's passing through a toll so i know to have an investigator po posted out there and they can follow them from that you know it's just a you know a lot of patterns that we got to follow but i love that vehicle sighting it's awesome it's safe people that are hiding they'll they'll live with their girlfriend or their boyfriend and how did you find me? I, you know, my database, this little, these little satellites up in the sky everywhere. It's crazy. It's, if you knew what, you know, is out there, Wi-Fi, I tell everybody, keep, change your password all the time because your Wi-Fi, people can get into it and listen to what you're saying. You know, it's, and, you know, our cell phones, turn off your Bluetooth if you're not using it because we put little gadgets in little kids uh, backpacks and stuff and as long as there's a bluetooth we can follow the you know when the kids go with their parents or the other parent the other moms want to know where they're at you know and they've got every you know, got their their there's just some situations that are not safe for the kids and it's not that you know it's up to them to keep track of their kids where are they are they missing why are they going why aren't they calling me at this time it's crazy. It's a crazy business, but it's all about, you know, control and safety. And There's not much real privacy anymore, is there? No. No. And that's what cracks me up is people's like, oh, they're just trying to government. And I said, the government has been a hold of you ever since you had a cell phone. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it, they know where you're at everywhere. <laughs> Let's talk about, I see behind you, it says social media investigation. What does that mean? What do you do when you 
uh, investigate someone via social media uh, venues? What are you looking for? Well, that is, um, there was a time, and not, it's not so much anymore, but people were inventing um, social medias to hurt another person. They would take their photos, put it there, create uh, social media. It was a hate thing. Mm -hmm. um, the police didn't get involved a lot now with that, so we don't do so much of it, but we still can. Um, I have an investigator that I actually um, have to, it's a contract, a contract. She does all that. Um, they break it. And most of my investigators are female. Um, they, I do use a lot of female, um, but she's um, awesome. She can break into, we don't break into, uh, you know, social media accounts. Uh, well, sometimes we do if they invite us, if they say, yeah, you can be my friend. But um, social media, that's really what it was, is people were creating fake accounts mm -hmm. uh, like during the political season they were doing that a lot mm -hmm. creating fake accounts and running ads you know because they don't want you to know what their political affiliate is like i can you can see my facebook all the time i'm not going to put anything political but i can create a fake one I mean, people are being very hurtful and hateful and they were um it was being used uh, in bad ways. So we can find them through their IP address, where their computer kit were originated and send the cops over there and they take care of it. But that's the social media part. That's mostly what we used it for. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I know when we were driving from here, from, or from Oregon, when we moved down to South Texas in 2010, we're driving, we're, we're on the road, we're on the highway. Some, somebody, enters my Facebook page, I don't know how, gets a copy of, of my profile picture and starts sending pornographic material to a bunch of people. I'm talking serious pornographic things. Oh my God. I'm driving down the road. I don't, I don't even know what's happening. And uh, several people start messaging me and then he, your sister messaged me and she said, did you know this is happening? I'm like, we're on the highway. We don't, I don't have any idea what, what anyone was talking about. Yeah. And that was happening as we were driving. Someone posing as me was sending these very graphic photos, yeah. graphic photos of, of pornograph, you know, pornographic photos. And then a couple of years ago, someone was using my videos of my daughter and I swinging at the park and sending them to people with, messages that was not my voice and someone messaged me asking me what my problem was and i'm like i i don't have a problem i don't even know you and then they said well then you you sent me this video and me and my daughter played together somebody took a video and then i'm actually looking at a friend I'm on facebook one time i'm cruising and i'm looking at these posts that have my name and picture posting stuff on people's pages. I, I don't even know who comments yeah. that ever came from me. Well, and it's been about four five, six years that that's happened. Mm -hmm. Now um, we don't, Facebook kind of stepped in. Facebook got sued. So now if you, anybody has a complaint and we always send them there first because it's free. A lot of that, that's free service to our clients where here you're gonna have to pay my rate. So I always send them there first because before they didn't have that. And it went right away to the police and it had to take, it, it was a long process. You know, the police had tons of cases. Um, they come to the investigators only because it's, you get the communication and the time. We just push things along a little faster because mm -hmm. um, the cops have 300 cases on their desk. They don't have time. 
Um, the same with missing children. They've got three, 400 cases on their desk. So they, you know, they come here, they got to pay the money. That's what's unfortunate. You know, they've got to pay when you get that free service with your tax dollars. But that's what's happening now. Uh, we don't do very many social searches anymore because um, the police are doing it now and Facebook is doing it themselves too. So they're, you can now, they have a department that takes care of all that. So, uh, which is good for the, for the clients so they don't have to pay for that because it, it is a, a lot of work and it might come back with nothing where they paid all this money. And at least with Facebook, it's free and they will take care of it. They have their own department where they do their own research. And if they do, do they find, when they find the person, then they hand it over to the authorities and it goes from there. So it's a lot. I always send them there first, but I let them know we can do that. But like, I mean, like hidden assets, hidden bank accounts, I can do all that. I just didn't put all that out there because people don't need to, to it, that's really for divorces. You know, people try and hide their money from getting ready to get divorced. They don't want their wives or husbands to take their money. So they're, they're hiding it so we can find hidden assets and stuff like that yeah well i remember when in the second time that that happened when someone was using videos of me and my daughter they said i'm going to report you to facebook and i said please report it to facebook and i immediately reported it wow mark that must have been some bad stuff yeah it was it was you know it, it's just the reality that we're all vulnerable on social media whether you want to accept it or not there's a lot of people out there with a lot of skill, technical IT skills to read. A lot of time on their hands. A, a lot of time on their hands. And I was just, you know, wondering when it said social media investigation, what that, what that meant, because that could be a broad, are you looking for people who are like dog, the bounty hunter. Remember that guy? And they'd go to people's Facebook pages. And yeah, their Facebook page. We got them here. That's fair game. Yeah, I use that a lot. I use that a lot. There are so many sites out there I didn't know, but that's social media. That's also searching through their 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 uh, Facebooks, Instagrams, um, their Tinder, mm -hmm. WhatsApp. I have a lot of trouble with that one because that's kind of private. But mm -hmm. you know, there's someone out there that there people are getting smarter now. Yeah, so social media, that's considered public domain. Is that correct Correct terminology, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Because I yep. noticed now a lot of people are, uh, locally the other day an elected official made a post on his Facebook page and that ended up on the news, right? And then some other elected appointed uh, official made a comment, almost got him fired, you know, just a lot of that kind of stuff. And so it's interesting. People have to be careful. I mean, it's fair game. It's fair game. And that can be used in court as well. People, if you say something or if you have a picture with your, your kid doing something dangerous or you're drinking and your kid's there, I cut and paste that and take that out to court and say, were you drinking? And when the court order says you're not supposed to have alcohol around your kid, people just don't know. And they were tagged. So they didn't know that post was out. So we got to, it can be used in court against them. I think it's good for Absolutely. those that will hear this today that we have to be very careful and very mindful that social media can be used as a real tool for good things, but it's very dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I will, most of my clients, I say, close your social media. First thing you do is shut it down. Shut it down. If you're going through a divorce, any a child custody case, just shut it down. Because even though to you, it'll it's innocent the other side's going to turn it around 
they will turn it around. I mean, I mean, I have to watch when I'm typing my reports and that's where um, I've got the shoe up on this. I know because I've been typing reports for so long and they've been used in court. Little words, little things that you say that less is best on these reports because the other side is going to get a copy of my report and they're going to try and rip it up. Tie, you know, They don't want it used in court. So they will try and find something to turn it. Oh, so you're saying he is a good dad? You know, I, I, that's not my opinion, but you have to really watch what uh, what's out there to be just, because they will turn it on you. Yeah, and a, a lot of people, yeah and things can be misunderstood, misconstrued, unintentionally or intentionally. Right. I went to a human resource training a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago now, and they recommended if you're a business owner or you're a manager in a business, shut your Facebook page down. If you have social media, I have it shut, it down. Yeah. shut it down. You know, they're like, don't even have any social media outside of whatever you need to have for your business because there's right. too many people looking for ways to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, I was, I'm sorry. I said, exactly. No, you're right. Yeah. So that, that, I never forgot that, and I thought to myself, well, you know, to me that that seemed like a little too extreme because, and I mean, unless you're, you know, vomiting, so to speak, emotionally all over your Facebook page about everything, I think you can have one with wisdom and discretion. Right, right. But at the same time, it's, it's still subjective, right? Mm-hmm. People can read, you can post something and it can be misinterpreted and someone yeah. can say, you know, this is what this yeah. person is really saying. Exactly. Let's talk about missing person on the sign behind you. You have runaways. Uh, what do you do when someone comes to you and says, I have a runaway child? What, what do you do? Well, the cases that I usually do, these are pretty... Um, again, with my vehicle sighting, my teenager took off in my car or, yeah, they're gone. They, they took off with a boyfriend, somebody they met on Facebook. I get that quite a bit. Um, but they're in their vehicle. So we can't call, you can't call the police main vehicle because they're going to arrest the, them and, you know, their kid and they're going to be marked for life that they've got a vehicle. So, I mean, a, a stolen vehicle. So you don't want to do that. So we, we find the vehicle, we find them. Half the time they're in another city or state, they're gone. So mm-hmm. the vehicle sighting helps with that. Uh, we can ping their phones also. We've got um, uh, a database that'll help us ping a telephone. Those are very pricey, so, but as long as the phone is on, we, they send a signal to it and it'll say, okay, it's within, it's on the 200 block of you know Cincinnati or something. So. We just don't know exactly where, but we go over there and try and find them, get our photos, slap a tracker if the client gives us permission, it is their car, and then we go. And then we just let the cops know where they're at 24-7. We know where the kid's at. So they're, those are, they're a lot of fun. The missing per- persons, half the time they don't want to be found, so it does take you know some, some work and phone calls and all that good stuff. And, you know... It, they they'll sometimes they're 30 years old and they're missing you know 70 80 we got to it's not it's just not the teenagers but thank god we don't get a lot and that again that's something that the police can do and most of the time they've already been filed a report to the police but the police have a process they go through and they have scheduled hours. They're not working 24 seven. We are always working on these cases. You know, if we get a, a, a lead or something, we got to go. Um, 
that's just the way we work. So, or I do, we've always been like them, but we don't shut off from eight to five, like law enforcement, even though their tax dollars are paying for that again. So I tell them you can go get your free service. That's what you pay for with your tax dollars, or you're going to have to come to a private investigator, which we'll do the same thing and then just get it all ready. And then we'll call the cops. Here you go. Here's their address. Make, we make their job easier as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, and they appreciate that because they got a workload. So, so it works. Good. I remember watching and reading about Pablo Escobar, uh, the Colombian drug Lord. Mm-hmm. They found him by pinging his phone. Even yeah. They were changing cell phones they were still they got to the vicinity he was at and that was the same thing with uh, osama bin laden even though they were switching phones out they got they got close enough and then through habit through observation Uh uh, they were deductive reasoning they were able to make these conclusions about this is really him and this is where he's at yeah so it's so now that's something we can't do. That's totally against the law as far as with the cell phones. We have to pay an agency who they have their broadcasters. They can do, the, uh, I don't know what kind of radio frequency. Um, we have to pay them to do it. So they can do it. And then we go and we just go and confirm. And they use our photos and our information to go and get to them and then take care of it that way. But yeah, no, they'll. They eventually come home, but missing persons is always good. The hard ones are the ones that are in the street. I had a case where they had a, they, um, they had this guy they were looking for. He was from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. He had been missing for years and the parents died. And in their country, they couldn't bury their loved one until the eldest son. They've got traditions. So um, I looked for three months for this guy. And finally I said, I'm going to the homeless shelter and they protect them there. We got a great homeless shelter here in San Antonio, the Haven for hope. So I left them the business card. I said, if this guy is here, I hit up all the homeless shelters, have him call me, have him call me. So he called and that was like the greatest thing ever because, you know, he was, we were able to find him. They flew down, got him. He was, he was like an heir. He was the oldest. So he, he was like a, like a prince or something to me. I mean, they found him. He lost his mind because his wife died of cancer. They took his kids away. So it was a very unfortunate situation. He didn't know what to do. He had no money, no job. He was depressed. So it was very sad, but it was um, a blessing also because, I mean, this poor guy, he, I found him in a homeless shelter of all places mm-hmm. and he didn't know he had no, he didn't know who to contact. He didn't know how to get a hold of his family in Nigeria. He, mm-hmm. he didn't, he never wanted to leave because he knew his two daughters were in San Antonio somewhere and he eventually wanted to get them back. But so it was really good. They came down, but, um, and, and he was, they were able finally to bury the dad after three months, you know, they hold on to him, but there's certain, you know, that one is one that always sticks to me because it was, it was so great. You know, I picked him up at the airport and brought him in, but um, stuff like that. There's a lot of uh, missing persons or any age there. They vary. That's very rewarding when you find them. Now, do you ha- ever have any empl- employers uh, contact you? Do you have, I know there's a lot of employers now that have p- private investigators and they go, they do a research on someone before they hire them. Do you do anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's complete. Um, yeah, they'll do well. The ones I do are too extensive. Uh, they bring stuff up 
they don't really need to know all that. I do get some employers when, if they're going to be driving, they want to see, do they have DWIs? It kind of goes into the criminal history as well. So mine are a little extensive. It gives you, uh, like people will call me and say, can you check my background? Um, I had paid to have something expunged and I want to see if it's on there because I'm not getting hired. And usually they're supposed to take that off, but for some reason they stay on because I can pull up history from, you know, 1998, which it's not supposed to be on there. I think it goes away. Well, for us, it stays on forever. Ours is just very extensive, but it gives them their, all their assets. My reports will give their cars, every car they've ever owned, anything that social has ever been used for. So all the homes that they lived on from, I mean, lived in since 18 years old and over. That's how that, that works. I remember now that you say that because um, when I've either, either applied for a home loan a couple of times because we've purchased a couple of homes together and then I had to do a couple of background checks and they pulled up my addresses from when I was in the military and I'm like, I can't even remember. People mm -hmm. they, they yeah. asked me, was this your address in Fort Sam Houston? Was this your address at Fort Lewis? Yes. Was yes. this your address in the governor of New York? I'm like, I, I I don't remember. It's been too many years. But now I understand how it's when they, they come, yeah, these are very extensive. So I always tell everybody go to, you know, the city of San Antonio at the police department, you can get a background check for ten dollars. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's very, it's just like the last three, five years or something like that. Minor, all the way until they're 18. It goes all the way back and it's speeding tickets and, you know, from when they were 18, driving without a license, stuff that doesn't matter. But they, I mean, and, but then again, they'll, if you got arrested, I'm going to have your mugshot right there. So they're very extensive. So it's just, and they're like 195 as opposed to paying $10. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's they're pretty, but you get a lot of information. Why somebody needs that, I don't know. That's that's just a lot of info. Yeah. But, so on your sign, I see GPS tracking rental. Let's talk about that a little bit. What do you use GPS for, and how do you manage to? Uh, oh my God, that is like uh, well, in my since I specialize in the domestic, they're still married. So through a GPS tracking devices, I had one on my desk. I wish I had it here so I show you. It's a little magnetic box that kind of sticks underneath the car. I have to have written permission from the owner of the car. In Texas, this is a community property state. So anything that the husband owns is the wife. So she signs it or he signs it. And I get permission to put it on or let them put it on. And this thing is 24-7 monitoring everywhere they're at. Where are they going? Because um, we've got some that my husband doesn't get home till 3 in the morning. And he says he's going to be here or there. Hold on. I keep getting that thing pop up. But um, those things are awesome. That's, that saves my clients so much money because we don't have to sit four hours waiting for him and he doesn't show up. We don't know where he is. You know, they're paying a whole lot less for like a week of tracking. And we just follow a pattern. Like he gets off of work at five. He's going to the gym until six. He's going, he picks up something to eat. Men park in the same place at the gym every day. They drive the same route to work. Every, they just, they're, they're just creatures of habit. Women are not. Women move all over the place. They park different places. And, but men are so easy to follow because they don't, um, you know, change it up. You know, they don't change it up. 
So we can just take the tracker off after that. We know exactly what time he's leaving work, where's he going. So it, it's, um, it helps us if they go to a certain house and then we'll go take pictures, wait that we know what time he's gonna go home, we'll be there. It eliminates our time from having to sit there and wait. And all of this can be used in court because it is the client's car and you know, it's just gonna prove that he, that we're not lying. This is, all of our photos have date time stamps so we can't manipulate anything. Mm -hmm. And the GPS is just a backup. It tells us exactly where he was or he spent mm -hmm. the night at this place. We, here's the GPS tracker tells us he did. We went to verify, got photos, there he is. So it just how it's a backup, and it's it's actually um, the main one of my main um, resources that I rent the most. I started off with like two trackers. I think I'm up to twelve now, um, because you know they're they're in people need them, or they fall off, or I lose them. <laughs> <laughs> they find them because they go and tell their spouse, you know, don't tell them. I know you were at Chili's last night with that woman. You know, wait till I'm done. Because they get so, you know, it's hard to control their emotions. So we try and wait till we're done um, to bring everything to their attention. And this is what we got. Mm -hmm. Now you do with it what you may. You know, we can recommend you an attorney or you can, you know, do with it what you want. So. Has anyone ever threatened or tried to sue you for information you found out? Is that ever a concern? I've never been um, threatened with any lawsuit. I've never, no, because, no, what, it's my job. It's, I've never, I mean, in court, whenever I have to testify, I hardly ever do. I get called in to be witness. And what once the other side sees me and they get my report, they're like, oh, we've got a PI ready to come in and, on the witness stand oh can we talk can we have another little you know let's discuss this so they settle out of court even though i'm already sitting out there waiting i have had you know had times to go up there and testify um but it's and i that i, I that time is but the reason i say that is because when i finished i get to leave and i'm at the elevator well here comes the other attorney and i'm like oh my god he's running down the hall what does he want with me he's gonna want to you know get upset with me or something no, he asked for my business card so he can give to, he loved my report and wanted to, you know, but at that's the only time I've ever been, I felt threatened. I was like, oh no, because I don't want to, I don't want them to see me is the thing is I don't want to be seen. I try not like on my business uh, Facebook, I don't really put pictures of me too much because I don't want to be seen. Yeah. I don't want my pictures out there everywhere because if I'm on a case, they're going to go, oh, that's FBI. Now you you don't park out in front of the house in a big white Buick that says Velma's investigation. Yeah, with a big light on my window out here. <laughs> God, what are what are some of the, a couple of uh, dangerous situations? Have you had any fellow? Uh, I hardly right? ever. I've never. I don't carry a gun. I'm not CHL certified. I don't like. I'm not. I'm not a gun. I don't know how to use them. I, if I had one, I'd probably use it on my, I mean, I'd have them use it on me. But I did, I had to go, this is crazy, because I had to go to a case to help out another PI in Laredo. And on my way down, it was 11 o'clock at night. And on my way down there, I started falling asleep. I was tired, but I had to get there. But anyway, I pulled over for just 20 minutes at, the, at a truck stop with all everybody's little lights on the big old 18 wheelers. So I pull in there and sleep for 20 minutes. But when I woke up, it was, you know, five hours later. Well, my car's dead and I'm like, great. You know, I can't get a jump with all these truckers. 
And the story is just crazy how it turns out because it's right 60 miles outside Laredo. Um, a regular truck pulls up and I'm like, great, let me go get a, a jump. Well, little did I know that these guys, they had a car in tow with some other guys were, you know, I was going to go over there. They went over to the table and I was going to, it was starting to be daylight now. And they were doing some illegal activities there. And I'm like, oh my God, I ran back to the car and my car won't start. And I'm like, they saw that I saw them. And, you know, it's one of those situations where I'm like, man, I wish I had something in case they came up to me. But thank God, a lot of my car started out of nowhere and took off. <laughs> but, you know, I had called the cops and everything. But no, no, that was a, and it's actually a funny story. It's way worse, but I'm not going to go there. But, um, it was, uh, that was the only time I ever, you know, cause I do, now I send men to Laredo to do the cases. I'm like, I'm not done. My daughter was in college at the time in Laredo. So that always gave me an excuse to go do work over there. I never realized Laredo is a small, tiny little town. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows everybody. So you can't really get an investigator over there to do their infidelity or child custody because the whole town would know. It's like New Braunfels, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do a lot of work in New Braunfels because they don't want the PIs to to know their family. You know, it's confidentiality. People talk. So that's really. Yeah, that that's, uh, I can imagine that. So you, you that, that's kind of a broad range, geographic range now, but you could do cases all over the U.S., you said. Um, just Texas. I'm only licensed in Texas. Oh, okay. So I only do Texas. It, than like with any other area of, uh, that's licensed, it's uh, specific right. to a geographical region. Right, in Texas. Yeah, I, I do belong to, uh, I'm also a member of the Texas Association of Licensed Investigators. So if I need an investigator in Midland, I get on my little membership thing and have a PI go and they take care of it for there. They, you know, they take care of me through the whole state. Mm -hmm. um, and as they do, they'll call me and give me business that way, so. That's good to have as well. I really like that. Um, now, I was thinking a lot earlier about what it must have been like for you as a woman to break into this field, because I know it's male dominated. Let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. What that was like for you, what you felt like, if you felt like it took you longer or were you, because of your history, because of your experience, you felt like it was easier for you to enter that trade? Well, it was easier for me only because coming out of USAA, a lot of these agencies knew who I was. And, but when I went to work for this one agency, I just stayed as I was the case manager. I just worked the cases. I talked to the clients, assigned the cases out, typed up the reports, you know, did the court uh, witness stuff. Um, but all I did it for so long, it was like 20 some odd years behind the scenes that when it came time to, to go out into the field, these guys were still looking at me as, oh, she's the, the case manager, she's a secretary. Um, you know, it, it was kind of funny that, I mean, they didn't really want me out there doing the video or going out and, you know, getting on a secret mission and going into the chilies and disguising myself somebody else. So. It was just so much easier for me, but it took them a while to trust me now. I mean, I've got them coming in here. They all, everybody wants my help on how, how to quote, a, how to quote 
a case because that's what I did for so long. I know how to quote these cases where the investigators, the guys, they're so used to being in the street, they're just going to say, give me $2,000 and I'll do this. Well, it only takes $500 and you can get this done, but they don't know how to quote where that helped me. So I got people coming in here helping. Can you help me quote this case? Because these guys are like a retired DPS. They're not used to working. They don't know how to quote these cases. So mm -hmm. it's more consultation. I do a lot of consult for these guys, but it did take a long time. I mean, here I am at 29 years and it maybe the last, because when I started, maybe the last three, four years, they're, they finally accepted me into all these, um, meetings that I go to these associations and uh, but being the only woman at these meetings it was not I didn't want to be there anyway they're very political and they're very you know this it, it was just not good and I'm being a minority and you know it was I didn't like it anyway so now I'm, I'm okay they've kind of you know very respectful everybody's very respectful so they know I've been in the industry a long time I'm getting ready to I, I'm writing a book with my well my my uh, I got a chapter in a book so I'm going to be an international bestseller pretty soon <laughs> so that's because they wanted to know my perspective as far as a female dominating the men's industry and you know I feel I'm dominating in certain certain areas of my field so it, it's it's it is a long time coming I've got a lot of experiences and um you know it's you learn as you go it's the trial and error and i've had a lot of error and i've learned from that so that's what i think helps me uh, like when i talk to clients i'm like well per my past experience i've done something like this but everybody everybody's case is so different everybody's situation is so different not every, people have it, um, different marriages and they, you know it's just different so you really have to listen it's a lot of listening mm -hmm. it's very interesting I know our local district attorney, she said they have uh, retired DPS uh, investigators. Do you ever do work with the local district attorney's office? I do. I don't do a lot of defense work, um, but I, I, have, I have worked with them a lot in the past. Uh, so it, it is, it, it's good. It, it's, you know, I just wish they would reach out to us. I wish more law enforcement and like the district attorney can contract a PI, we can help them so much as far as doing vehicle sightings. The police can't do that. They have to they have to be directed to the auto theft unit and get permission from them just to run a license plate for for a vehicle sighting to find somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so the police are telling can you, you know, telling their clients contact a PI, they'll do it. But if we worked with the police, we would eliminate a lot of their their headaches, their case log. The same with the district attorney where I'm getting cases from a lot of people that are in prison right now. They need help. They, they, you know, they're, I'm getting letters all the time. I've got an investigator who that's all she does. She sits there doing all this pro bono. I pay her, but we're, we're working to get people a fair trial. You know, some of these people that went to jail 33 years ago and they never got a free child and get, uh, you know, no DNA samples, you know, so, you know, years later. So we, we give back a lot too. We're trying to help because it helps, you know, my students, the interns, since they are fresh out of, you know, criminal justice classes, this helps them and that they take it back to their teachers and they send them to different project uh, people that are out there in the prison system that helps 
um, our, you know, people get a fair trial and we you get another trial or because we come up with more evidence. We went and got an affidavit of the girl that you know, claimed that she got raped. Well, she changed her mind. She never did. But there's things that happen 30 years later. So it's yeah. a lot of work. But that, that, that case we do, we do work with the district attorney's office with that, for, with our, our uh, prison clients. Well, let's get, it's time to, it's about an hour now. If I want to just oh, ask yeah. you real quick, Velma, if someone was trying to decide if they needed a, a PI for some kind of case, what would be, how, is it simply that, uh, someone coming in and saying, I want to hire you for this or this, or is there a rationale process that you try to help them talk through? Because Right. They're always intimidated when they first call because they don't know. Should I, I don't even know if I need a PI. I've never done this before. It's the same thing. Nobody's ever hired a PI, hardly ever. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand. So I always say, call me. Well, you know, I offer a free hours consultation if they want to come in. They come to my office. We can meet at a Starbucks. We can do it over the phone. And I, on my website, I have a contact page they can send me. Um, and we'll talk about it and we'll, and I'll tell them maybe they don't need a PI and I can direct them what you need is this, 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 or you need an attorney or you need, you know, they may not need, you know, everything. They need help. They just don't know where to go, how, where, what the direction, and I can send them to the right direct, you know, send them in the right direction or I can help them. Sometimes like this one guy didn't really know what was going on? This girl says she's pregnant. She says it's mine. I haven't seen, you know, just let's, you know, a couple of, of uh, twitches here on the computer. She probably is. She's got a criminal history. She doesn't want you to know she's pregnant. But you'll take her baby. It, it's so, it's so easy. They just need to call and we'll get it settled just, you know, quicker than they expect. Sometimes we can, you know, get it taken care of. And then I'm like, yes, you do need, if you plan on any legal action, let's do this, this, that, you know, cause I'm not going to take a case if I don't think I, you know, if it's going to be a waste of my time and their money. Um, we really want, you know, I want to help people. That's why I do this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Very rewarding. I was really impressed with our district attorney, Patty Perlow. She mentioned when <clears throat> her interview, I interviewed her uh, before the candidate forum for this last election and she said that she advises the assistant district attorneys that, you know, remember that bef before you charge someone, that if you're going to charge them, you have to make sure that what you're doing is correct because you're going to impact their lives potentially forever. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that the legal basis is there to do that, the, the moral. Uh, I don't know if the moral right. word is correct, but yes, it is. Um, is do you have that same thought process before when yes. you're talking to someone? Before we do this, let's just make really sure because you're not. I mean, you're there to provide a service, but I don't see your. I don't hear you saying, "I'm going to be your personal vendetta tool to hurt somebody simply because no. you hurt them." Oh, there's a lot of instances where I've got somebody calling and they need to locate this guy. I need his, I need to find out where he's at and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, give me some information. I'm just not going to take it and give it to her. Um, a lot of times these people don't want to be found. I need to find out what the situation is. And then I will call that person before I give them the information. And I will say, I've got this person. She doesn't sound 
right? She's looking for you. I, you know, she wants, do you want to be found? Um, or they're running away. When they're runaways too, a lot of times you're like, do you want to be found? I got to tell you, you know, people are paying some money um, to find you. And they're like, oh, absolutely not. That's a creditor or that's somebody. Don't tell, don't tell them where I'm at. You know, but a lot of times it's people that are looking for an old boyfriend and they want to find them. And, you know, I'm married and have kids. Don't tell her where I'm at. Because these women, well, I mean, they're, and men, it goes both ways, but there are uh, some ethical stuff. I really, I'm just not going to release that information to them. So I'll have to come back and say, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't find them. Um, there's situations where they're looking for, um, they're looking for people and I'm not going to go and charge them. Okay, well, I need 195, la, la, la. Well, this is what I need. And then if I don't find anything, I'm like, oh my God, I charge them 195 for nothing. So I take all the information first. Let me see if I can find them. And if I find them, you're going to get a PayPal invoice. That means I found them. And then you pay it. So if I don't find it because I've built up um, a relationship with my databases where I'm on a monthly bill that if I don't get a hit, they're not going to charge me. So why am I going to charge them if they're not charging me? Mm -hmm. So if there's no hit, I'm not going to charge them. So if there's a hit, yeah, I'll send it to them. So I'm not going to go stuff like that, where a lot of people, they're not going to do it. They're going to charge them anyway. And they're like, well, effort was made. I tried. So they still got to pay whether they got results or not. So to me, I, I want to sleep at night. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that to somebody because I wouldn't want that done to me. Mm -hmm. But, and I can understand maybe charging a small fee, but for your time mm -hmm. seriously yeah no it, it comes back at me it'll come back 100 fold very good well ladies and gentlemen we've had with us out of the great state of texas out of san antonio or san antonio velma <laughs> rendon uh, owner of velma's investigation services uh velma thank you for your time what an insightful conversation yeah, thanks for, for including me and not very many people want to hear from a private investigator, but hey, you never know when you need one. It's important that, that we understand industries. It's important that we understand services. And I think it's also important when we see someone like you who has become a pioneer in the industry, a male-dominated industry, and what uh, the processes were for you to get to the place that you have, with the standing that you have. And you have legitimate skill, you have legitimate expertise, and people are paying you for that. And so it's good for others to hear that story, to also, yes. know, also know what's possible. Yeah, well, thank you for getting the word out and helping me spread this out. This is awesome. Very good. Well, you take care of yourself down there in the great state of Texas. Stay away from yeah. that coronavirus. See you on the social media. Yeah, and be, and enjoy those grandkids. I remember you too. Enjoy your babies. I remember when your daughter was playing college volleyball, right? In both of them. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. yeah, both of them. So that very good. All right. Well, you take care, and let me know if I can help you as well. And we'll probably have you back in the future to talk about some things. Oh, definitely. Anytime. Thank you so have much. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye.